0: Welcome back to the basement, everyone. You are now tuned into Chunky Glasses, the podcast. I'm your host Kevin, as usual. Uh, hope you're comfortable. Hope you're enjoying this first day of spring. That's when I am taping this little intro right here. Although here in DC, we're expected to get a little snow. So uh, yeah, that's DC for you. What, what are you going to do? Um, back a few weeks ago, we had the Double Marcus podcast. And I said, hey, uh, hopefully they'll be back soon. And here they are, back again, Talk about yet another great album. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about one, Anderson Pock who uh, Marcus Moore actually wrote the review for Pitchfork. So it was a little little awkward. We were going to do a, a dramatic reading of it, maybe, because <laughs> it was an excellent review, quite frankly. But uh, Marcus Moore wrote the review for uh, Pitchfork. Marcus Dowling had a lot of thoughts as well did I. Uh, and, uh, so we wanted to talk about this excellent album, Malibu, that came out, uh, earlier on in the year. It was actually, um, he just, he just did a round of, I think, winning performances at South by Southwest. Hopefully I'll talk to Marcus soon, because he, he saw him, and all the tweets indicate that, uh, Mr. Pac killed it. So, uh, we're gonna be talking about that. We're also gonna be talking about another band called King. Uh, we're keeping it sort of in the awesome zone, and, uh... On stuff we hadn't gotten to, but it's been out a little while. If you don't know King, they're a little bit uh, retro, they're a little bit R&B, they're a little bit synth, they're uh, all 100% awesome. Uh, that, and and we kick off this by talking a little bit about uh, what we do. You know, it, it, it would have been foolish for me to have these two guys in the basement, um, two powerhouses of music journalism, just journalism in general, and uh, not talk about uh, what we do or Uh, Each of our places, including mine, uh, in this ecosystem uh, that we call the music industry. And, uh, you know, it's it's the start of a conversation. And uh, I expect it will go on throughout the year and throughout the existence of this podcast. So it was good to sit down and talk with those guys about that. So uh, that's your podcast for this week. If you're ready, if you have your beverage all set, if you are comfortable and strapped in, uh, here we go. This is episode number 167 of Chunky Glasses the Podcast. We're reviewing the new album Malibu by Anderson Pac.
1: Okay. It happens here and it finishes here. Two men enter
2: one-man.
0: Merely a two-word review it just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to that it has it has
2: that right there is a
0: lot of One I love you. I love you. Welcome back to the basement, gentlemen. Hey. hey. Uh, been, been a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time, but uh, I'm glad you decided to come back, Marcus Moore. Yes. Uh, this is, uh, you know, we cracked the joke uh, off mic at the end of the last one, you know, the gift of the Mark guy. And I think, you know, this <laughs> is, what we do. This is uh, a pleasure to have you both back down here. Um, we're going to be talking about an album that you introduced me to, Marcus Moore. Oh, thank you. Uh, you sent me the uh, Spotify link to, uh, is it Pac or Pac? Pac. Pac. Anderson Pac's, uh Malibu, mm-hmm. uh, which went from being, well, this is pretty sweet to, holy fuck, this is rocking my brain <laughs> yeah. uh, in, in a really short time. Before that, though, uh, something we've been talking about uh, last time you guys were here off mic and stuff. wanna sort of explore uh, something about what it is like we do as music critics and writers and, and whatnot and w- where I guess we think we fit in or maybe should fit in. Mm. So maybe, maybe start with you, uh, Marcus, because you you know you write for Pitchfork, you write for, uh, which is right. I mean, they got bought by Condé Nast. They are now the, the yeah. largest, most visible uh, music criticism site in the world.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the top of the top, but I feel like, even even at a place like Pitchfork or where, wherever you write, I feel like you can't be bigger than the music. Yeah. You have to understand, and I say this often.
0: Can, can, can you repeat that?
2: <laughs> you cannot, music writers, <laughs> Thank you, be sir. bigger than the music. Thank you. Preach. <laughs> you have to understand that it's about the words underneath your byline, mm-hmm. not your byline. No one's checking for you. The, on, the, the only thing you can do is write well, get better with each review, each story, each story. And then your career is going to be a slow ascension to where you're going to be. You're not going to become a superstar overnight. And I feel like there are too many people that probably we know who you've been in contact mm-hmm. with. who it's like you you want to be bigger than the artist that you're covering and you make whatever yeah. you do about you. And it's not about you. Mm -hmm. I think that's the way you succeed is you realize, okay, it's not about me. It's not, it's about putting people out there who deserve to be out there. So when I sent you the Anderson Park record or when I pitched to review it, I'm like, okay, this is really great art in the vein of like Kendrick Lamar and these other people where it's like, he's really talking about some real issues and you can feel it from the first song. You can feel it from the bird. You can feel it on the dreamer and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, I just wanted to write something that really reflected him, and tried to reflect his circumstance because it speaks to everybody's circumstance yeah. if you've come from his his circles. So I just it's just my opinion. I don't know how you feel, uh, Mr. Dowling, yes, but sir. it's the same thing where it's just like you, it's not about us; it's about the art.
3: Um, okay, so uh, music's an industry, just like car magazine an industry or yeah, yeah. cooking is an industry. Yeah. Um, I work in an industry. I'm not trying to like you know be Kanye West or be Kendrick Lamar or any of these people I want to be Mark Dowling and um, I work in an industry alongside these people so to me the, the purpose of great journalism is to highlight people who work in my industry alongside me who are making good music mm-hmm. that you deserve to hear mm-hmm. so that, that's that's what gets me out of bed in the morning it's like I literally work in this industry and that is my job yeah and like is my and my job ultimately and I and and if, and if I am assigned something that does not hit a certain mark, mm-hmm. my job is to say to the artist who is my fellow co-worker within this industry, hey, man, hey, woman, how are you? Uh, this, you need to do this. You might need to do less of that. And then you could be moving along in the path mm-hmm. of succeeding in this industry that we both work in. Right. Uh, no, that's what I see it as. It's that simple. Like people who don't see that. Yeah, it's And, like, and, and
0: hopefully, though, there's a lot of voices saying, you know, giving varying points of feedback because it, right. it is all subjective. Right, it is, right, right. You know, to the, to the uh, you know, becoming a star, superstar thing. I, people weirdly look to that in every uh, sector of that. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they look up instead of like my big thing is focus on like that you can do basically everything. You can yeah. do anything. You really decide to do it and you you get it done. And that that's how that's how the world works. Mm-hmm. And you know, but I get people not having the time. Say so looking up to like Bob Boylan. Yeah. Who you've been talking to. Looking up to uh any well, you at Pittsburgh, any, any number of people in these uh and powers at NPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, and looking up to them as I guess the arbiter of that. But like you said, when they Happens too often too when they get bigger than that, right? And don't understand because and the reverse is true. I think with artists, um, artists like like to shit on the blogosphere a good yeah. bit, and it's a weird thing because you we're both and all doing this creative thing. It's just a different creative thing. One well, is not better than
3: the other. Yeah, it's like it's like with, with Kanye, you know, like you know, what I mean, I mean, hey. yeah, I think you should meet you. Because he thinks that all the writers at Pitchfork are white. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's that's just, that's real talk. Like, I think artists don't get that. Okay. So there's a, I have a belief and you probably share this belief and you may share this belief as Mm -hmm. well, is that there's an era now in the blogosphere that we've been doing this for so long that some of us who are are journalists have like evolved the craft Mm -hmm, into mm -hmm. a different level of work. And, and, I don't want to say that we're above artistic criticism because artists criticizing bloggers, is the thing I think that needs to exist as like a, 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 a conversation. Yeah. But the, the, when you're like, when you see like your favorite artist like saying like bloggers stink, that, that's not what I do. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like I'm not writing 150 words about this song or this album. No, right. like I'm actually engaging in the process of doing sure. actual journalism to like discover, you know, like what is about this record that makes it worthwhile.
2: Yeah. And and I think it also speaks to and I've never had an incident. I don't like everything. Thankfully, I'm at a point now where I don't have to review anything I don't like. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, even if there's something I don't I can't really get behind, it's the way you write it. Right. Like if you write respectfully. Yeah. (laughs) Constructively. I've had several incidents where the person will be like, hey, respect. I totally respect that. And it isn't like, oh, you suck because you write at Pitchfork and Pitchfork doesn't know anything and blah blah blah. It's like, no, you have to you have to be a surgeon with this stuff because you have to understand at the end of the day that there's still people. These people who you're writing about, they're still people, you know. Yeah. And and before they came out with this album, you know, the fact that they created an the album, that was a really good day for them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> exactly. you gotta understand that it's like it's it's they're people and you know. You had to just deal with that.
1: So is that can. is that
0: on, like, in a larger publication, like an editor to know? I mean, Chris Richards was down here. This was a couple years ago. And I was talking to him about, like, his role with The Post mm-hmm. and what he saw. He's the pop critic for The Washington Post. And what he saw uh, his role as was sort of being a lighthouse, like mm-hmm. to shine a light on what, you know, w- the good stuff. Uh, you know, NPR, if you go over there, the, everything is good. There's no criticism. And I, I, I don't skew towards that It's Marcus well, knows. Yes, I, I get a little curmudgeonly, although I'm getting better. Um, and is it. I am coming to the realization that like why in, unless something is are, is are things begging for a review, I guess, is, is what I'm getting at, you know, because an mm. album can be objectively bad. Yeah. Any piece of art can be objectively bad. It's past Two minutes of the podcast was objectively bad. <laughs> no, but um, mm. Mm. Should, should you even talk about it then?
2: I think it, it really depends. I mean, if there's something, if it's an album that's just awful... Yeah. then I don't believe you really need to say anything about yeah. it because my thing is it's an issue with time for me I don't have time to like right. write 600 700 words on something that I just can't stand I'd rather spend more time on stuff that I really like but if it's a, a major artist like for example and I, God forbid but if Kendrick Lamar's next record is awful you gotta say you it. have to talk you about had to it. say like okay look you know it, it's not really this isn't really working so hopefully it doesn't come to that but at the same time you just had to understand that you you, i I don't like bloggers who just openly trash stuff because then it's like well what are you trying to do
3: big ghost face
2: right yeah i can't (laughs) i don't
3: like him i don't like i don't like what he stands for yeah it's hmm so like i think that the 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 worst thing that you could have as an artist in the 21st century is silence yeah and that's, my, and that's my one take is whenever I get something and somebody will send me something or publicist will send me something and say, like, what do you think? And I don't respond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's all that's all it that needs to be said. Well,
0: yeah, you're, you're right. And I mean, to that point, you know, a lot of publicists, uh, I had somebody asking me about uh, their publicists, like, specifically recently. And I was like, they are not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason is, and I showed them how they were representing them. And they were like, well, wh- what? Like I, you know, it's uh, everything. I guess now has become hit based. You have to have visibility. You have to have eyeballs. Theoretically, if you're going to make money on it. But so we know with the streaming and everything, mm-hmm. like it's a big question of if, if you're going to make money on it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we recently talked about the Kendrick Lamar album. He could have just as easily let that out for free.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and it wouldn't have hurt him at all. Um. You know, I. I often think about like these PR people who like I know they get paid to represent somebody but like you said if it's bad like what do you do like mm-hmm. you, I don't I don't know how much you're helping out and there are people who will talk about that stuff mm-hmm. and but there are people who will regurgitate it that that's the worst thing crime that I see going on right now.
2: Well, and and here's a funny trick, and I, uh, again, I'm pretty sure we've all dealt with this, where it's like, when you cover local music...
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're oh, you you gonna open that? that one. I'm gonna go there. Let's go there.
2: When you cover local music and for such a long time, and you develop relationships with these people, Yeah. and you'll like certain things that they do, and then they finally come out with something you don't like. And then, I've had this situation where it's like, okay, well, do I write a review saying I don't like this, or do I just not pay it, pay it attention? And then that doesn't help either. Then that person's going to get mad. So it's always such a tricky thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I personally lean towards not like doing anything with it. Because again, yeah. I just don't need to waste my time. I don't have time to waste. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to let it go. But real. then after that, it's like, you'll see him out. And it's like, well, what did you think about well, the record? Like, and then yeah, it's like... Real,
3: uh, real talk once, I, I reviewed an artist's like record um, negatively. Not necessarily negatively, but, like, you know, I tried to uh, assist and, and aid his creative process. I was like, this is not good, but this could be good. And I had to get on the 54 bus with with said artist and ride all the way down 14th Street from, you know, like, maybe 15 or 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And literally having this artist just staring at me the whole time. These are real things that happen yeah, in the local it's... music scene. And you're just like, <sighs> so, so, so you think. You go, okay, so, like, do I review this artist? like, you know, like differently next time because I have to actually see this person in my actual streets like mm-hmm. or do I like you know continue to just you know just
0: so does that me do mean it? we have to exist in a bubble I mean I, I don't think I you know I've gotten to know a lot of local artists we all know a lot of local artists mm-hmm. and uh, you know for a long time and this was basically so I could figure out what the fuck I was doing did not cover local artists I was like I need Sport. to get better at this I Need to get better at this and I and I can do that uh, by doing something like covering Newport. Yeah, you know, took on big things that were an actual challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but now we are talking to a lot more local people and it is, uh, it's, it's a little confusing sometimes, like you said, because like I'm, I'm know these people, I'm you know, friends with them and uh, you know, there's a site in town that is just. Completely local music, mm-hmm. uh, and you can level criticisms against city paper now, like they, they just want to talk about like their friends and it's a, right it gets into a, a weird space of like yes, th- I mean that's not bad, even if a record's bad, like if somebody at city paper is pushing let's uh, say priests, for example, mm-hmm. people are pushing priests over and over and over because they're very popular in the community. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah
0: I, that's good for the band, but that's not good for music criticism right. And I think that opens it up to where people who hate on music critics can then look at it and be like, yeah, you see? See what these assholes are
3: doing? What's, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, my, my thought is, I always tell artists this, like my, my, my one take, and I'll say this publicly on this podcast, is – um. I want artists to be so good that I cannot write about them on a local music website. That's yeah. that is my one. That is my one thing that I tell every local artist: if they have like an issue with something that I'm not writing about, I'm like, then make me write about it. But but don't make me write about it for whatever. Make me write about it for Thump. You know, mm-hmm. like right. do that because that'll make that that'll make both of our lives better. Right. Like a a like let's let's cut this down to like you know brass tacks and dollars and cents. I will get paid more probably to write it at Thump. And you will actually get more growth as an artist from my piece at Thump. So just make it there. And once you get there and I write about you there, then then we'll talk. Because then that's a conversation that we can have on a different level. Mm -hmm. But if you're staying on this one level, we probably can't talk.
2: Can I piggyback on that? Because I can speak directly to that. You're talking about Thump. When I started getting on at Pitchfork and I started gaining traction there, writing more and more and more, yeah. the people who I covered locally for years all of a sudden just assumed that that meant that there was an open pipeline to yes. Pitchfork. Right. And so I would get a lot of records early. You know, think, you know, thankfully I would get the records early, but they weren't Pitchfork ready. what right. You know, and I think we all know what well, that means. It's like yeah. it's not... It's, it's cool, but you were doing the same thing five years ago. And so they they get mad. And I, I've i had to have the same conversations where it's like, look here, you sent me this album, I can easily write about this for the city paper. Great. But let's be honest, you don't want me to. You want me to write about this. <laughs> you want me to take this to Brooklyn, New York. Exactly, right. And yeah. so right, I'm like, right. and they're like, okay, yeah, that's true. And I'm like, all right, well, you got to give me a record that I can take that I can't just take right. the unmixed mixtape To these guys, like, do you know, (laughs) like, I can't take it there. Like, come on, man. Like, you got to be smarter about, you have to ascend. And I feel like a lot of local cats, sometimes they make the same music over and over. And and then they wonder, well, how come I'm not on? It's like, well, you're not evolving.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: Whereas other local artists, we can name them, they have evolved with every project and now they are gone. Exactly. So, you know, we just need more of that.
3: Right. If I can speak to that. I agree.
0: Yeah, I mean it's uh <laughs> it's, it's funny, like give me a better album. Uh, but, <laughs> but I mean that's all. That's no, honestly how it is. So I mean to be clear, like, I, and I we we can't. It's it's weird because we can't speak for all like people who write or report on music. But at least us in this room, we're entrenched. We care deeply about our local scene. Yes, right? and we know a little bit about music. Yes, and then how do you? How, how can we convince people to understand that people writing about it actually know what the fuck they're talking about? I mean, like, I've been in bands. I mean, I, you know, yeah. that's why I, I, I know some of the things I know. And I, it's a huge, I have a huge empathy for all of this. But like you said, somebody gives every, you a record and, you're, and they're like, What's, what do you think? And you're just like, uh. The only, the
2: only way. <laughs> you want real feedback. It's like, you know, it's, I found that every, every, every story, every review, is a writing sample. So it's like, there's so much music criticism out here. I don't even try to compete. I don't get on Twitter talking about, hey, I'm this, that, and the third. Um, I'll shout other people out to say, hey, you know, you need to pay attention mm-hmm. to this person. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just feel like I gotta take it out on the words. I gotta, okay, you don't, you don't respect my vision and what I'm talking about and the advice I'm giving you? Okay, well, let me show you what I'm covering and how I'm covering it. And yeah. then you just study for yourself. You just got to let the work speak because there's so much noise out here, man, that it's just like you can't really pay attention to it.
3: Yeah, my whole thing, too, is sometimes like and this this is this is how it sounds, but I don't care. Um, I will like literally pull up my in, in my in my save Twitter, like, you know, mm-hmm. piece like I have tweets from actual artists that everybody in the universe universally unequivocally respects that have put over my work that have said that my work is of, qual- of a high quality. Mm-hmm. And I keep these. For moments like those, when yeah. I am in the middle of a club, and somebody says, "Oh, I'll you review my mixtape." OK, hold on here, friend. Um, so you know who that is, right? You know who that person is? Yeah, yes. That mm-hmm. person says that my work is good, right So if you have any question about anything that I do, take it up with that person. You don't have to say anything to me because yeah. I am officially out of the conversation.
0: Yeah. It's a good way to be.
3: That that is a really
2: that is a really <laughs> like good that. way to like be. I, 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 I'm gonna start doing it. I'm gonna start showing phone numbers like, hey, you know, I'm trading text messages with this guy. I don't I don't like doing that, but <laughs> yeah. you're gonna have to do that. No, people
3: people don't people don't like to be talked to politely sometimes. No. Yeah. They don't because when you talk politely to someone about music, they feel like their music is of the same quality as like someone else's. So in that case, you have to be able to be like, okay, let's be brutally honest here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, it's back yeah. to what you
0: said. Like that person right. just had a really good day. There was actually an artist album came out on Friday. It was written up not favorably on Pitchfork actually, uh, and uh, and they responded, They're and they kidding. and they said, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" and and it was hilarious. And I'm watching it. The reality is, it's not a good album. Mm-hmm. And and we were going to cover it, and it's just not. It's not worth. I mean. You know, you guys have sat – you've sat through a lot of these. Yes. You know, this is a like a five-hour thing, Mm -hmm. soup to nuts. And, you know, that's a lot of time for me to sit down and say, okay, is this worth our time? Is this worth you guys' time? Like Mm -hmm. me dragging other people in here. Um, And like for me, like I said, it gets frustrating because – I, I, we just can't talk about everything
2: No, really. no, no, no
0: But you want to You you want to, like, find every good thing And, like, because that's what I want to do I mean, we, we used yeah. to go really super negative on stuff And I was like, yeah, man, that sucks <laughs> not, that, that makes me feel bad doing it Yeah, right uh, You know, uh, except for that really shitty Neil Young electric car album That felt good That felt real good uh, but, but, yeah, you know, it's It's y- you know, I, I don't know how many emails you guys get, but I get thousands a week. Yeah. Uh, press emails, and you get hit up with people, and you, and it feels like you want to help everybody, but you can't. And then maybe it is just like, you know, point into a phone number, and be like, yeah. Literally, you know, you-
3: I will point to the tweet. I will, like, literally be in the middle of a club and go, so, you remember that time that that happened? Yes. So, that that's a thing. Mm. So, like, I'm just making sure that you're aware of that. So, like, if you can get to that standard. With that person, you make a you make a record as good as that record that that person put out. Okay.
2: You know another interesting phenomenon that that's happened to me. It's like there are local cats who I feel like they deserve to be on a national level. They deserve yes. to be mm-hmm. on a pitchfork. Yes. But then when you reach out about the music, they get mad. Yes. They get upset. I've had yeah, that happen I, I, to I, yes me. Have I. No, yes. No. it's me. like I'm just and I'm just reaching out off the humble. Like I'll send an email like, hey, I'm just you know what's good. I'm trying to cover it. And they get upset. They really get mad. And they're like, um, they're either like they'll unfollow or they're like, you know, those sub tweets at you and I'm like I'm trying to help you out <laughs> right yeah. exactly so exactly. it's like I don't get it
0: well that gets into like the musicians like hating bloggers or writers period
2: okay but yeah.
0: but I'm talking about people who I've written about for
2: years oh okay for years and we had connections and yeah. we were texting all and then all of a sudden they just get Hollywood living on Bennett <laughs> Road and they <laughs> <Right>. you know <laughs> living
0: off Bennett Road and then they get mad <laughs> so I'm serious. like come on like yeah. what I didn't is I didn't that, do
3: anything God and I mean like this is probably the last we should probably say about this but I yeah. Would be a good way to close it. Um, DC has a thing about finishing in second place and being totally okay with that. Like, yep. winning a silver medal is still a silver medal. Um, there's, a, there's a gold medal standard that the city needs to be aware of that exists for music that comes from the city yeah. that you can actually hit. Because mm-hmm. there are artists now, there are numerous artists now who have done so. Well, that's... <laughs>
0: That's so that's the weird reality is uh, like there's proof that shit can be really good. Yeah. like, <laughs> <out> there,
3: like <laughs> All over the place. And people, it's like, God, if you're if you're making music in Washington, D.C. and you're not making yeah. gold metal quality standard music, mm-hmm. just and, and you know, it's not. And you just want me to self like self awareness. Yeah. You want mm-hmm. me to like just review music because I'm your friend or that one time that we shared a hot dog at Ben's and it was fun. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. We're making so weird. I've had that too. Hey, friend. hey, friend. Who I no. met for five minutes. No, 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 uh, no. We're, we're at a different level now. Like the, the music there, there is Grammy. Okay. I put it like this. The best thing that ever happened in the last like month is that a Grammy award winning album was produced in Washington, D.C. Yeah. That's a thing that really happened. Like the Pimper Butterfly was partially produced in Rhapsody's Washington.
2: Rhapsody's verse was yeah. recorded in
3: Hyattsville. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> like into end of, end of conversation. All right, end of the whole conversation. Um,
0: yeah. So I just want, yeah, I just want to open that up and like talk about. It. I'm sure yeah. we'll talk about it more. Oh, maybe, maybe, on Mike maybe on mic or maybe off. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, right now, uh, let's talk about this badass motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that guy.
4: A bird with a word came to me. The sweetness of a honeycomb tree. And now I look what's taking over me Couldn't fake it if I wanted to I had to wake up just to make it
1: through
4: I got my patience and I'm making do I
1: learned
4: my lessons from the ancient roots I choose to follow what the greatest do A bird with a word came to me The sweetness of a honeycomb tree And now I look what's taking over me Take it if I wanted to I had to wake up just to make it through I got my patience and I'm making do I learned my lessons from the ancient roots. I choose to follow what the greatest do I'm ripping for the longest cycle mm. My uncles had to pay the cost mm. My sister used to say All right,
0: uh, gentlemen, that, that smooth the smooth motherfucking jam is the bird <laughs> Uh, that is off uh, Anderson Puck's latest album Malibu. He is uh, when he when he sort of break out here, um, not in 1986. That's when he literally broke out. <laughs> <laughs> he is born. Um, uh, he put out an album called Cover Art. It looks like in 2013, uh, which I haven't heard because I just found out about it today. But I really want to look into. And then in uh, 2014, he put out Venice as Anderson Puck, mm-hmm. um, which was. Somewhat similar to this, is you know, it seems a little unpolished, yeah. Uh, his big bump came with Dr. Dre's album was, that was last year, right? yeah, yeah, last
2: yeah. mm,
0: and uh, people started to take notice. And then this dropped earlier this year, and uh, uh really, I uh, just holy shit, yeah. like, yeah, uh, you know, you got from that a lot of the jazz aspects of this, this covers. Uh, jazz, hip hop, soul, uh, the whole, uh, the whole everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Uh, I, I know what you feel, but I, I was going to be like, we can just do a, a dramatic reading of your, your review <laughs> for Pitchfork. So good, so the <laughs> bird. <laughs> no, but no. so, so. Uh, in fact, uh, Marcus Moore wrote the review for Pitchfork yes, this, uh, uh, and it was it was brilliant. Thank and you, man. Stuff, but so Marcus Dowling yes, sir. How do you come to this, and, and, and okay. how does it make you feel,
3: man? All right, all right. Um, Anderson .Paak is, a, is an intriguing artist to me because I feel like he's right at the, the cusp of like a time where like people who make millions of dollars in music started to like not realize that it's rap, yeah. but that it's more R&B. I wrote a piece once um, for Hip Hop Dx that got shelved, It was very sad, where I called Kendrick Lamar the most important R&B artist of the next 25 years. And it was right around the same time that D'Angelo put out Black Vanguard, and, they, and you know, like when yeah. when you and when you deal with people who like write things for very mainstream sites and they get very mainstream hits, the idea of saying that a rap artist is an R is an R and B artist doesn't make sense. It doesn't jive. And I was like, well, okay. Kendrick's record, like, uh, and this is before Butterfly came out, even.
0: Yeah.
3: I, mm-hmm. All I had heard was the Black of the Berry, and I had heard I. Which has that big giant Isley Brothers sample, and yeah. it's like, you know, and I'm just like, okay, no, that's
0: not a sample, that's him playing.
3: Oh, that's, that's right, Isley yeah, Brother it's... playing. Okay, like, okay, <laughs> so it's who's that lady? Is the is the is the is this the song? You said yeah. the
0: same thing when we reviewed that album. Ah, oh, that's right, that's right. I said,
3: I, I, you know, I'm sorry, you know. to, I'm sorry to call you out, man. Thank but, you. Like, it's all good. It's all good. But uh, but no, so like you know, I'm listening to that. I'm going. This is Kendrick's not making rap anymore. Yeah. He's making R and B music. And then you have Anderson Puck, who started out as Breezy Lovejoy a million years ago, mm-hmm. doing like this weird rap soul hybrid thing that was like right there on the cusp. Mm-hmm. And when you start to hear the mixtapes come out right around the Dre album and all that, like he was still on that weird rap soul cusp of like, okay, so I can't be a quite be an R and B artist because R and B artists are, like Trey songs and they make very like you know benign milk toast R and B songs about getting drunk at clubs and having sex with foreign women. Yeah. That's, that's all they do, being perfectly honest. <laughs> and, uh, and then, like, you know, so he's like, okay, so I don't want to be R&B, but I don't want to be rap, so he was just stuck. And now we're at a point where he puts out this record after Two Pimp a Butterfly. This is the first great record yeah. of me. Uh, I mean, I guess mm-hmm. of many of them. Like, of, yeah, it was. But for the mainstream, really. Yeah. Because King is not a mainstream.
2: No, it's not a mainstream. No, yeah. No. Yeah, no. yeah, right. Yeah,
3: but, like. This is the first mainstream record that has come out to Pimper but- since To Pimp Butterfly where, the, where mainstream people are going, wait, R&B, like classic R&B is a thing that can exist and we know how to make it mm-hmm. and we know how to do it. And it's funny because the music industry is like flawed in hundred different ways right now. Right. But the one thing that like the old white guys in, in square suits know how to make is a soul record. Because they all grew up on that. All those yep. guys yeah. who are now like sixty and seventy years old were all like, yeah, like twenty-year-old
0: them. And, yeah, yeah, they yeah. were
3: all twenty and thirty years old. I mean, like the guys who signed checks. Oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. were like twenty and thirty years old in like nineteen seventy. Yeah. So they know a great R and B record, mm-hmm. and they were schooled on great R and B records. So when Kendrick's album came out, I could just imagine all these old white guys in square suits going, "The kid made." <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the kid made a. Uh, that, that's the high records rhythm section. That's all this stuff. That these these guys are just sitting there going, what, what, "What we we can?" And the kids like it. Yeah, the kids really like it. So we can we can make a bunch of records like this. Yeah, and and we know how to make them for cheap, because because we yeah we have to pay the accessories. This is we paid them in 1975. No no no. So this is the first record that came out after that, and that's why it's so good because it's something that like. Everybody forgot, the whole room forgot that this is how you make a soul record. Right. And this is the first one.
2: That's accurate. That's accurate. (laughs) And that's the thing. It's like, it has such a big feeling to it. And you kind of, even before the album came out, just in, you know, in circles, you could, you would hear that, okay, he knows he was on the Dr. Dre album. He came out with an EP with Blended Babies, you know, a little quick joint. Mm -hmm. He has no worries with knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So you knew, like, okay, he's going to come out with something because he knows people are watching. And um, to piggyback off of your point with uh, Kendrick, same thing with folks on that album. Like, their next release is, like, Rhapsody, I'm hearing, is coming out. Like, her album is, like, crazy. So, <laughs> you know, so it's like, Anderson, he walked into the album with that kind of mindset yeah. where it's like, all right, I've got to come with it. And the beautiful thing about Malibu is that it had it's a soul record, but it has so many things on it. Every song has its own identity, but it all fits within the scope of what he's trying to do. It starts out with the Muscle Shoals kind of thing. Then it goes mm-hmm. into some 90s hip hop. Then it floats onto the dance floor. Then he has like a, sl- it goes into like a jazz, like slow burn kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And it all works. It all works perfectly because it all seems very natural.
0: seems very natural. It's also uh, very, uh, this is sort of. <laughs> repeating like the point of it. it seems it's very soulful. It's very connected. If you listen to this record, this is a record about his family, mm-hmm. uh, which you know we won't. Well, we'll have the link in the show notes about this. But you know, it was it, not great growing up, uh, and I think every song on this record acknowledges that, mm-hmm. including like the la- the last song um, is, you know, we're not going to play that song, but the idea of, you know kept mama kept the cable on, yeah, so like that that's like when when somebody can hit on a lyric that just like pure, mm-hmm. and you I mean everybody understands it in this room, everybody who hears it understands that,
5: yeah,
0: uh and it, and you know it's not uh. It's like not complaining about their situation in life, just saying this is how right. it was, and celebrating that now with the rest of the songs on this.
2: Well, and the beautiful thing about it is, and I, and I, it's another thing that I tell artists, like, go, just be yourself. Just talk uh-huh. about your circumstance, and no matter what your circumstance is, talk about some real stuff that people can connect to, uh-huh. and and it will resonate with so many people. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing on the radio, and I think— Anderson made a record that speaks exactly to his circumstance. You know, he said, you know, like you said, mom was trying to keep the cable on. His dad went to jail. His mom went to jail.
1: Yeah. Yeah, You
2: know, all kinds of stuff. And he's talking about stuff that like his community can connect to. So people in his neighborhood can connect to what he's talking about. But at the same time, everybody can connect to it and it resonates because it's real. Right. Yeah, you know whatever you do, just make sure that it's authentic and real. And I I hope that it opens up a floodgate for more people to do that kind of thing.
3: Okay, here, here like uh, it's funny. I'm gonna piggyback off your point, and I'm gonna um, mention Eddie Kendricks. Yeah, yeah. That's that's he's one of my favorite R&B artists of all time. Absolutely. And the thing about Eddie is funny is that like in the same era where he was like a solo artist, like there was this very like, you know, kind of like, you know, ersatz poppy R&B thing that was very much in play. And he wrote songs about like love and and romance and anger and angst and like real tangible things. And the fact that like we're we're, we're 40 years later and we flipped it around to where like the guys who write real tangible records are getting like the 110% mainstream run and that rap music exists now Mm -hmm. where like the whole point of rap, Ultimately, is to rap about what you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's the
0: black CNN man,
3: right? Exactly, not... right. So, so this 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 record's cool to me because it's like okay, so like this this like classic R&B thing has become cool again. All right, great. And then it's like all right, so this guy comes in and he's got like that like edgier rap feel with like that edgier R&B feel uh-huh. and you put it together and he's been trying to it's funny he's been dancing around this for the longest time trying to like get the mix right yeah like the blended babies project it was like a little off it was
2: yeah it was you know, really like, quick.
0: As, was, as was Venice yeah like,
2: Venice a little, was a little off it was like yeah, it was almost and, there but uh, it's
0: a little off because a lot a lot of this is uh, a lot of modern hip-hop that I hear is like really explicit like sexual situations yeah yeah uh, which to me, you know, one song about it, fine. Eight songs about it, you're boring me. Right. Yeah, you know, and and there was a lot of that on Venice. It was, and yeah. it, it definitely leaks into this. I mean, there, but that song is fantastic. I think, it's, I, think it's, <laughs> yeah. I think it was waterfall. Is that what's the name of that song? Uh, yeah, yeah, waterfall. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, so he's he's found some balance. Right, it's like right in the middle there. It's like so, let's let's hear a track now from this. Uh, this was really hard to pick, uh, but so we, we basically settled on the uh, "Am I Wrong?" Let's do that.
4: Voila. Yeah, I'm only coming out to play. Nothing more that I hate in this life. The wrong impression. I only have one to make. You can open your palm, waiting to get the break The cards are far where they may And what about me? It's gorgeous. Pay your whole damn mortgage. But when you look at the time, hey, still you the one on the mind. Hey, still you the top of the promise. Hey. Thank God that it's Friday. Tonight I just be the life of the party. There's nothing to me. Get up and move your feet. I never want to waste your time. Oh, oh, My life. So precious. Is oh, oh, It's yours. It's mine. And hey, look at the time. Oh, oh, My God. So precious. oh. oh
0: uh, so that line, uh, <laughs> if she can't dance, she can't ooh <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I don't know about you guys, uh, but that takes me back to uh, some 80s roller skating jams. And mm. it's, mm. you know, it's very, uh, it's very sexy without being uh, very explicit. Yeah. Right. Um, and, you know, that. Man, I'm still like, just like, God, I've heard that song 20 times, like today, and I'm still like, <laughs> so fuck. Good. <laughs> so good. It's great. Um, he's playing the South by Southwest. He's playing NPR South by Southwest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, is this, I, I have no. Like scope of what's going on with this album right now—is it catching on the people? Are people like really digging into it?
2: It's uh, it's been yeah, actually. I mean, it's short answer to your question: yes, it's catching on because um, you know, Pitchfork gave it the best new music, uh-huh. and people really take that best new music tag very yeah. seriously. Yes. Um, so I'm thankful to be a part of that. And NPR, I, I don't, I can't speak to how NPR caught on because they didn't do, they haven't really done anything with them. right? But he's also. Anderson's also doing a Pitchfork Day party in South by Southwest. Okay, but the album itself, I think, is catching on to like, I, I can't say who it's catching on with, but I know everybody I play it for. They're like, oh, and and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's not just, and it's not just like music circles. It's like colleagues. I'll take it to work, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'll play it, and they're like, oh, okay, it's, this that, is crazy.
3: It's the it's funny. It's the same way with Super Butterfly. Yeah, there was like a there's a there's a like sometimes with music. It's just so good uh-huh. that it, it, it like, speaks to people who don't like music. So Anderson .Paak's record will be the one record, I think, this year that speaks to people who don't like music. And it's the one song that you could put on that they will generally be agreeable with hearing.
0: Yeah, yeah well, I mean, it, it definitely falls in the realm of pop. Right. Uh, and that's what pop is. I mean, pop yeah. gets in that. But it's... When you can find a record that has that appeal and that broad appeal that also has the depth of this, I mean, that right. that, is that is what's killing me about this. is I can listen to it over and over and over, and every time I find a little something more about his story, and it's not, st- like, I don't normally, like, really care about, I don't care about his life. I don't know yeah. him, you know? I,
3: I, I play this record for people that like Justin Timberlake's rec- uh, albums. Yeah. I actually mm. want to hear people say things on record. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Like that's 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 the honest, like brutal truth of it. Like I play this record for people because people go, "Marcus, what are you listening to?" And I go. Oh, this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, well, yeah. and, I,
0: and I'm not drawing a direct comp, but I mean, if you think you recently saw, I don't know if you did the uh, Spike Lee documentary on Off the Wall. Yeah, yeah I saw you know, you I saw that. I you you look at like early Michael Jackson stuff. You know, I know the weekend gets the big Michael Jackson comp. Yeah. I see it, but not really. Uh, but you know, stuff like this feels mm-hmm. more organic, and you know, doing stuff with the art form, uh, I. Look, this is the first we're in a post Kendrick world. Yeah. Like that's a that's a real marker in popular culture, period. Yeah. And to my mind this is the first record that has like even approached like what he was doing and very clearly understood, you know, it and sonically it's not really like it. But no. he understood the point.
3: Right. That. It's like it's like when uh it's like you saw it, Michael. It's like when um Motown decided to push El Debarge after Michael Jackson came out and it was like, okay, so we know what the, we know what the, the, the archetype is. So now we're going to put out Eld Barge and have him make Michael Jackson records. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the same thing where it's like, okay, this Kendrick Lamar record came out mm-hmm. and it's a very established, like archetype of what it is. Like, this is what it is. You have to have like the, 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 the bassoon has to be on the record and the, the horn has to be here and this and that. And so it's like, okay, so like, we'll, we'll take this guy and we'll, Put him in here and see if he can do it. And he just blew it out of the water.
1: Yeah.
2: But the sense that I get from Anderson Park is that he always had it in him. And Yeah. I don't I don't I mean, I don't know. I don't have the inside information, but I kind of feel like maybe this is just what he always wanted to do, but he finally had the money and the platform to do it. Yeah. Um and again, he just knew he had to come with something really, really strong because I mean Doctor Draco signed him. And yeah that, like six and that, of,
0: that endorsement alone is like yeah you you're right have dr to, yeah. dre i mean the people <laughs> that he's
2: put out like right. i mean look at the, the folks that he's co-signed it's yeah. like what like m&m and so on and so forth so i feel like i don't know and i'd had to ask him but it's like i feel like when he went into the studio he just went in there knowing that he had to make an epic record because again to your point um that he knows that, okay, Kendrick is the benchmark. And he even references it on the album. Yeah, you know, yeah. K-Dot had it locked. And so he just had to go in. And I think that, yeah. this was just his version of just making the best record possible doing what he does, which is something you really can't describe. It's soul music. It's hip hop. It's everything. And he just funneled every, it.
0: Everything you could want.
2: Everything you could want. And he, funneled, he found a way to push it all within 16 tracks. And there isn't, I swear, there is not a weak song. No, there isn't no, even a mediocre no. like, song. I don't
3: even. That's on the, I, I
2: don't
0: understand that
2: record. Like normally, even the best records, it's like oh, I can skip that. But this one, you literally, I tell people like, no, just press play because they'll say like, <laughs> they'll say
3: like, what track do I start with? I'm like,
2: all right, start with track one, <laughs> right? and just let it play. Don't skip yep. around. Don't put it on shuffle. Yes. Let it go all the way through.
3: It's funny because it's like when you compare it to like you know when you know like say like ten years ago when people made great pop records and yeah. you had to have like a hundred people in the room. Um, this record, there's like a guy and a band and mm-hmm. they made a great record. And that, and that, and I think that speaks to where we're, we're headed because everything's a cycle. Um, we got too, too fat. There were too many things going on, too many people in the room. Like, mm-hmm. like, like, we, we go back to the Kanye record. Yeah. We'll go back to Pablo and where mm-hmm. there's like, there's a partridge in a pear tree, five Kardashians and, you know, Caitlin. Yeah. yeah and everybody's, yeah, yeah. everybody's in the room, you know, just hanging out and this this is what, this is what, this is what came out. And Chance Rappers in there somewhere or whatever. But uh, this is, you know, like, <laughs> and this record, there's a guy and a band and an engineer in the corner and they, they just make music. Yeah. So it's a different feel. Yeah. Entirely. Is
0: it the, like, I don't know if you guys have seen performances of him, but the look of joy on his face when yeah. he's doing that, mm. is that like the secret ingredient? Because when it when it, like an album hits me like personally like this hard in general it is because it is joyful because that stuff is it's so rare to get like a pure shot of that in music that you're listening to and then when you do you have to latch on and fucking like just like wow write it
2: yeah and and just a personal example like uh before I reviewed his album, I reviewed his song called a uh, room in here on yeah. uh, track 10. yeah I reviewed it. And just out of nowhere, I looked down at my phone. I had a Twitter notification. Anderson Pock is now following you. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is this about? And so will, he immediately will. sends a DM. And he's like, yo, like, I really appreciate it. was like the write up was so short. It was like 200 words. And he was like, yeah. I really appreciated that. Have you heard the full album? I'm going to get it to you. And so then I get the album and then I review that. We give it best in the music and all of that. He hits me up the night it goes up, like it goes up, it, it all the page always flips at 1 a.m. Obviously, he's on West Coast time, so he hits me up and he's like, man, that was, br- I really appreciate it. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, yo, like, why are you thanking me? <laughs> but you see that, but you see that when, like you said, when he performs, like, I mean, he hugs Colbert after he performs yeah. and all that. He's just that kind of guy. And I think above all, you can hear it in the music. You can actually hear him smiling on certain songs, yeah. like especially the last song where it's just like, I came from here and I'm here now? This is crazy. Yeah. He tweets about it all the time. He's just, you. I think for any great record, you have to have that a certain level of humility. You can't walk in there with right. this hubris like, oh yes, yeah, so I'm about to make this grand classic. You just have to make music that's really specific to what you want to do and what you've gone through. And it'll, I promise, it'll get wherever. Yeah. It'll get to the highest heights, for sure.
3: Because they say they say it takes 10 years to make an overnight success. Yeah. And he's been doing this for, like, de- a decade. And I get the sense that, like, he's, like, tried to, like, make every other record. Because this is, like, the way, like, yeah. in that mixtape, in the mixtape era of rap, in which he was, like, part yeah. of, like, you had to, like, follow the leader. So, like, if Wale had a hot record, like, remixing Justice, then you need to remix Daft Punk. Or you need to remix, you yeah. know whomever, and then it's like you're just following the the bunny, and then he finally stopped following the bunny, mm-hmm. and then it's like you finally like actually and this is what you get, yeah, that's what you, get, that's what you, that's what you get, right? Yeah.
0: Um, so I mean, I, I don't even know if you need to go around. This This is like a universal buy, right? This is like everybody just buy it, yeah, get it, like immediately, get this, get this inside your your life, you I mean ASAP. because. Uh, unlike a lot of records, I think it'll make your life a little better. Yeah. Uh and uh, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Huh.
4: I'm on my fifth crew and my rent's Six and West roof, I can see it all, hold on to my head, that's my little dude Look at Kinzo, slagging like it's paw one for the occasion and get your good suit Fuck your reservation, bitch I brought a mom look at where you came from Californication, Cincinnati your boys and raiding your cookie job My radio. All the haters, it's, it's official.
0: All right, so that was uh, Anderson pock Malibu. Yeah. Um, if you don't believe us, then listen to it anyways. I, I will, you. I, I will find you. We have an IP tracker on this site. <laughs> and I, I will find where you live, and I will bring you a copy of this album. That's right, uh, because it is something you need. Uh, we've reached the point in the podcast where we like to play a track from uh, often local artists, sometimes not so much. This is because this one is because I. We originally were going to be talking about this band, and I didn't know if we had time today when we're doing this but I need, if you haven't heard of them, I need you to hear about them uh, The band is king uh again brought to my yes. attention from from you marcus Moore thank you and um <clears throat> This is a weird, uh, you know, they, they, they got their start a couple years ago, put out an EP. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, 2011. In LA. They are very, uh, DIY in mm-hmm. the truest sense of the word. They, everything themselves, uh, pair of twin sisters. I don't have their name. Uh,
2: yeah. Paris and Amber are the twins. Okay. Paris and Amber
0: Strother. <laughs> Paris and Amber. And, and Anita Bias. And Anita Bias, um, this is uh, if you're not familiar with the term "quiet storm." <laughs> <laughs> explain, explain, no <laughs> explain "quiet storm" to people, Marcus.
2: Pretty much anything that you play at night after you know a long day at work, with and you're right, trying to the, wind, wind right down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to wind down, and oh, you, you yeah. know you play something like King, and uh, you play the greatest, and uh, you just let it go.
0: Yeah. yeah. So so let's do that, and then and uh, we'll come back in a minute. All right. So the greatest is sort of the greatest. Um, you know, what, <laughs> what it, it hits me with that is that baseline. It, it's back to a time in the 80s. Uh, so I grew up in the South and, so, and, and in a largely segregated city, actually. Uh, but regardless, there was no real R&B radio you didn't hear this stuff. MTV was just coming around and you didn't really obviously get much on MTV, mm-hmm. but you would go uh, to the dentist office and they'd always be tuned into this like weird R and B station. And the first time I heard this, it was like that weird R and B and I was like, Oh shit, this is nice. <laughs> and it was like, and, you know, it, a lot of it back then was like Luther Vandross, uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, really smooth. Uh, a bunch of artists who just aren't around anymore because yeah. like they, they, and, on that song and in every song on this, they just nail that. They really do. It's it's uh, you know, I, I don't know, maybe maybe some of our listeners were listening to that and like knock somebody up. I, I don't know. Like <laughs> that's some sensual, like, for them. like you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing about that album. It's like they know what their sound is and they stuck with it. Yes. They did not deviate from it. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they've come out with a really, really good record that's very seamless. It it does what it does. It's like, it's not, and I think I even said this in a review, it's not an album of like over the top solos. Uh-uh. No one is over singing the track. That's a big, that's my biggest pet peeve. Where like When I listen to R&B songs and you have these singers who are just totally over singing the track and they don't let the music breathe. Yeah. I love how they're letting the music breathe yes. more than anything
3: else. Yeah, there's a notion there, too, that, like, they have, it's such a defined standard that they're <laughs> aiming for. Like, it's okay, so it's funny. Yep. <laughs> okay, so it's funny, like, not, not to bring race to it, but it's just, like, a very deeply, like, black thing. It's no, like the that's, blackest, yeah, yeah. Like black as the street was. Like, oh, my God. Like, okay, so it's a defined thing in black music to have that sound from between, like, 82 I say like 88. 82 mm-hmm. to 88. Yeah,
0: really, like, really peaked around like 84. Yeah, yeah. So you're
3: like right in that wheelhouse and every black person between the ages of like 25 and 40 knows exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's like that champagne soul, like very yeah, that's like size, yeah. like mm-hmm. right in there, like Newport cigarette ad, like R&B. Yeah. It's like right there. And if you could hit that, yeah, because it's so defined that you can't miss it. So like, yeah, but but nobody ever, but nobody was aiming for it for a long, long time. No, because the
0: the albums back then were all really, they might as well have been called like, were you thinking about getting busy tonight? Let us (laughs) 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 help.
2: Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And that's the thing. It's like when you listen to that album, it's so like, it it reminded me a lot of like Sade and Janet Jackson. And like, you know, personally, it took me back to like the homecoming dances and Mm. all that stuff and yeah it really <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying like yeah, that I first kiss where it's like after school and it's like oh, it's oh slow dancing yeah. what's going on and it took me back to that like wow okay yeah and um I'm curious to know if they're gonna actually stay in that lane, if they're gonna try to do something different or whatever. Because even the album sounds totally different from the EP. Yeah, like even the three songs that were on the EP, they they've expanded them out and they sound totally different. So I'm I'm curious to know where
3: their sound is gonna go next with their live show is gonna go you next. What saying, or whatever. One, I would ideally want to see them record with George Michael. Yep. Because there's like, because like there's so much like careless whisper in that and like yeah. and all those wham, like like the wham R and B and then like george michael's like
0: don't deface r&b, R&B like that
3: uh, no man <laughs> yeah.
0: no you're right you're right right like there's like a there's
3: a there's a space in there where it's like i don't think that like um Amer- like like the american style of what that is is so boxed in that yeah. they that yeah if they painted around that and went into like you know something like you know, like simply red and all that stuff like there's a huge giant lane of like beautiful melodies and things that they could do to like extrapolate that sound and make it. Pick. Well,
2: at the same time, you know, shout out to foreign exchange. They've been doing that for a while. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could, I saw where King was actually recording with the foreign exchange and Bilal's recent album kind of sounded like that, but it had more of a live sound because yeah. Adrian yeah. Young was on it. Right. But, there is, uh, in addition to this, you know, old school rap and jazz is coming back. I feel like there's a resurgence of like really good R&B coming back between yeah. King, between Bilal, between uh, Terrace Martin is coming out with a record yes. in late April. So it's like, it's a good time for black music in general, yes. yeah. you know, because a lot of the good stuff mm-hmm. is coming back for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah. So I uh, I'm not sure. Uh, hopefully we'll get to revisit it and like really dig into the album. Uh, you should dig into the album. Yes. Uh, and uh you know, thank us later. <laughs> you know what I'm talking it's about. That, good. It's that, um, uh, that is our podcast uh, this time around. Thank you, gentlemen, for stopping by, of and uh, thank this you, has man. been a, this has been a pleasure. Uh, uh, we'll, we're going to be back in a few days, so until then, uh, get out and see some music, and we will talk to you. Later.
1: <laughs> oh. 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 No.